Yeah, what I know of when I was younger was a small group of loud women with plastic bibs that were breasts and a sachet across that. That's a sash. <laughs> What's a sachet? <laughs> Something that ketchup comes in. <laughs> I've already seen the dress load. I've worn it. You go to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm in it. Just sat at home playing PlayStation in my wedding dress. <laughs> Imagine! <laughs> oh my god, that is something to think about. I know. Oh. Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast with your host Charlie Baxter and your co-host today, the fiancé of the host, Stacey Benson, soon to be... Stacey Baxter. How do you feel about that, Stacey? Not sure. I think we agreed to Charlie and Stacey Baxton. Baxton. <laughs> the mix of Benson and Baxter. Guys, that is not a tradition. That is uh, something that I'm hoping will never happen <laughs> for us. Uh, come a bit closer to the microphone. Come on. I'm close enough. Get closer. <laughs> come on. So it's a Friday night for us. And I thought, Instead of date night, we could um, put some cushions up on the dining table and put some microphones <laughs> in between. Don't get excited, guys, and do a podcast about mm. weddings because I have been struggling to get motivated to talk about weddings, wedding planning, despite the fact that I proposed to Stacey. When did I propose to you? On Six months ago. Is it really that long it's ago? It's that long. It's, it's longer than that. Seven months, I think. Wow. December the 6th. And we're recording this now on the 24th of June. We're planning a wedding though, aren't we? Are we? <laughs> You're planning a wedding though, aren't you? Correct. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? I mean, it's going great. Yes. Am, am I invited? Uh, potentially. You've made the third cut, I think. Right. Because we did actually send some invites out or you sent some invites out and I didn't get one. No, it's correct. Is that suggesting something? <laughs> and remember, if you are listening to this episode for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or another podcast app, I highly encourage you to move over to the British English Podcast app, the one that I built for you. Uh, for free and to start listening to every episode on there because you can sign up to the course called Free Podcast Worksheets, which will give you the chance to listen to any episode you like along with a mini glossary so you can see a bunch of native level phrases that come up in the episodes with the definitions next to them. So go download that now by clicking the link in the show notes or by searching BEP, that's B-E-P, or the British English Podcast in your preferred app store. All right, let's get to it. Yeah, so today I thought we would talk about weddings. It's, uh, it's definitely cultural. Brits yeah. are wedding mad. Especially now, but yeah. Especially now, why? Why now? I think post-COVID, everyone's doing a bit of a catch-up. And yeah, I think everyone, especially the countries maybe that have had a harder lockdown are now getting extra excited for celebratory things. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And we've noticed a huge impact 
on our planning because of this of covid and the build-up of people wanting to get married yes apparently people are planning their weddings three years out now in the uk which three years just out blows my mind and you're a planner i'm a planner but how anyone can know what they're going to wear or what they want to eat three years in the future is just mind-blowing <laughs> or mind-blowing yeah either one uh, so I thought we would do three parts to this episode, as usual. Part one, we're going to do wedding traditions in the UK. Part two, how to plan a wedding. Uh, so that will mainly be Stacey, because I don't know how to do that. And then part three, how we feel about our uh, plan, our wedding, and the journey so far for us as a couple. But as a little teaser for that, how do you feel towards me about our <laughs> wedding planning? <laughs> Um, I mean, there's a um, slight lack of input at this stage, but I, th- uh, but I hear that's normal. I won't give okay. you a hard time. I think typically as the groom, um, unless you're a very planny person, then I think until the month of, or I'm expecting for your sake, maybe the week of, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not anticipating too much input until then fair enough Uh, wow that that sounds delightful okay so yeah part one wedding traditions so let's go back to engagement expectations okay what do you think uh typically girls expect or or couples expect of an engagement i've already given away a clue there who who normally does it what proposes yeah I think very traditionally it is the male that proposes. In a heterosexual couple we're talking about, of course. Of course, of course. Um, However, there's the whole leap year thing. Oh yeah, what's that? I I believe on the day of the leap year, is that correct term? Yeah. Day of the leap year, um, that it is more accepted, maybe more socially accepted for the female to propose Yes. To the male. When is the next leap year? Uh, <laughs> 2024. So 2020, I was actually thinking about doing it on 2020 because we did it 2021 mm-hmm. um, and I didn't. It was your 30th, I think. My 30th was 2019. Sorry, I thought about doing it on your 30th and then I didn't. Okay. So did you at any point during that year think, right he's never going to do it we're we're nine years into this relationship (laughs) maybe I need to sort this out sort the plan out I mean in all honesty not to try and make myself sound all calm and collected but I I don't think either of us were in a mad rush I knew it was coming one day oh yeah cocky (laughs) cool calm and collected and cocky no um I'm very very lucky very lucky that you said yes So what would you say most people hope for in a proposal? Okay, in a proposal, I guess a diamond ring or some semi-precious or highly precious stone. Yeah. Um, I think it is still quite traditional for the whole one knee thing. Some kind of romantic gesture. I mean, I think then it's more down. Those are the really no-brainer have to include those kind of things, I guess. And then the others are a bit more maybe depending on the personality. 
So for me, I wouldn't have wanted a public place. No. Um, and a public place, like even a restaurant, big no-no. Yeah, cringe. Yeah, wouldn't, cringe, wouldn't, cringe. <laughs> wouldn't have enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, for me, I was keen for a, or very happy and appreciative of a secluded spot that you chose. Nice work. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think each their own. Some people like a bit of a public display of affection. Yeah, we've seen quite a few of them in yeah. Sydney, haven't we? Very popular in Sydney. I think um, the whole setup down near the harbour with the rose petals and the big sign saying, will you marry me? Mm. Delightful. Oh, a bit of sarcasm there, I see. <laughs> yeah, so you don't like it to be too in your face. Yeah, I think I'm a bit... Um, we're both maybe a little bit uh, anti-cringe. Anti-cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to explain anti-cringe? Cringe is the feeling of discomfort from a social situation, I'd say. Yeah. To cringe, to feel uncomfortable. Like your shoulders often go up and you... Ooh, yeah. That kind of feeling. Some people say it Awkward. gives you the ick. It gives you the ick. Yeah. This is all young lingo that I'm already <laughs> past. This is why I'm here. This is why you're here. <laughs> bringing the real English back. It gives you the ick. It's cringe. Okay. I mean, some endearing terms like darling or sweetheart or, or babe could give you the ick. Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Babe. Yeah. Ick. Ick. <laughs> Can you just say ick? No. No. You've got to say it gives me, that gives me the ick. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ick vibes? No. No. No, you can't say that. <laughs> Never say Icky? ick. Icky? Can you do an, like an E? Uh, Icky I vibes? Mean, no, that sounds no, silly. No, that's, that's a bit, Um, I think you'd have to deliver that to a baby probably. Uh-huh. Icky yeah. is more. Informal, young baby talk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, going back to the proposal, um, traditions what about uh asking somebody before the actual person so typically um the male in tradition asks the father of the bride father of the female for permission actually i think if we're talking on traditions typically the male asks the father for the hand in marriage. So actually the proposal, if we're going way, way, way back, is actually just between the groom and the father. The, wow. actual, the female actually doesn't have a say. Yeah, because um, I think way back when the father socially owned the daughter and the groom or the suitor is basically asking to buy the daughter from the father. Sounds like you've been watching too much of The Crown. <laughs> or Bridgerton. Or Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah. Bridgerton. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's all my um, historical information. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I asked your father, were you happy with that? But you also asked my mum. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Look at your face. You're like, wait, you did ask my mum as well, right? <laughs> Yeah, I asked both of them. Yeah, I think it's more, I don't know how you did it, but I think it's more making them aware that you're going to do it rather than asking like outright permission. I felt a bit traditional with that and I okay. wanted to ask them. Yeah. I okay. put in the formal sentence. So I would love to ask for your consent. No, I would love to ask for your permission 
for me to ask uh, Stacey for oh, her. Ble- did you say blessing? No, I said permission. I think permission. I said permission. Oh, interesting. I'd love to ask your... I mean, you are a bit old school. ...daughter so. for her hand in marriage, if that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> if that's okay, please, if you don't mind, thank you very much. <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> but it was a bit underwhelming considering it was on video call. Okay. I think because of COVID, it was yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. I would have it's liked expected. to, to do We it. also live like 10 and a half thousand kilometers away. Mm. Is that true? True. Okay. 10,684. So yeah, I asked them. Then I got down one knee, didn't I? You did. Yeah. I mean, I think you were already on one knee. I think you got up from seated to one knee, but same true. thing. True. Yes. On the sand. Mm-hmm. In nice Sydney. cushion for the knee. Yeah, I was stood there. I was kneeling there for a bit too long. Yeah, my, yeah. Because I was, you were watching a video. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this isn't about the engagement. They know about that. I did a whole episode on that, guys. You can go listen to that if you really, really want. But yeah, so the proposal that's done with. Mm-hmm. What about the tradition of the wedding rings to begin with? Engagement or wedding ring? Both. So okay. you would like to mm-hmm. have. An engagement ring mm-hmm. and that is typically diamonds typically although i think it's becoming i don't know maybe the, the modern couples are making it a bit more socially acceptable for it to be other stones now but mm-hmm. yes traditionally diamond okay. but i think diamond only because it's a very hard wearing yes. um, stone that can last yeah. a lifetime i think there's still the status yeah true of how much money it costs the groom to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we've had a group of four couples around us in Australia. Two Our close Brits, friends, two yes. Aus- Australians. Well, the grooms were uh, British. Yeah. And all of them wanted diamonds, right? Correct, yeah. So they got that. And then the wedding band. Yeah, the wedding band. What about it? So we exchanged the rings yeah. on the day of yeah. the wedding, right? Yes. Yeah. Wedding made of bands, what? Made of whatever you want, really. I think... Um, so not another diamond? Not another diamond. I mean, people do have now, more so these days, I think people have quite diamond-encrusted wedding bands, especially the females or same-sex couples, maybe. But mm-hmm. um, I think we will probably go for a probably a plain gold wedding band, I imagine. Yeah. I think you're quite keen on gold, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't think silver suits me, but none of them really suit me. I've got dainty little hands. And you've never really worn a ring before. No. It's quite a weird thing for a guy, actually, if you're not used to wearing definitely too much jewellery. I mean, some guys do wear jewellery, but for you, you have never, I've never seen you wear a ring in your life. Yeah. I just realised because I broke my ring finger recently, mm. that knuckle is swollen. So if I had done that any closer to the date, mm. that would have been a problem, wouldn't it? I wouldn't have been able to get it over that. No, that would have been awkward. I just wanted to check in with you about something. Are you one of those language learners who often thinks, am I actually making any progress with my English? Is what I'm doing to study actually working for me? Or am I just wasting my precious time here? Well, if you think this way, then I'd like to encourage you to take action on this. Imagine how much more motivated you would be to put time and effort into your English studies if you knew that every time you studied, you would be guaranteed to be making significant progress. How much more satisfying would that be? 
So what do we need to do in order to find more clarity around this issue? Well, tracking your progress is a wonderful way to show evidence of your language skills having actually improved. And to track progress, the first thing you need to do is understand what level you are currently at. If you haven't taken a level assessment recently, then I highly recommend using my free test that will instantly tell you your level of English. Once you know this, you can start tracking your progress, which comes in many forms based on personal preference and your level of English. But that's a conversation for another time. For now, though, make sure you check your level of English with my free level checker, which is available over on thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash freebies. That is thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S or find it in the show notes of this episode. Okay, so the rings are done with. Um, What about the dress on the wedding day? What about it? Is it just a bog standard cocktail dress? (laughs) If that can ever be paired, bog standard and cocktail dress. Cocktail dress normally means very sophisticated, right? Cocktail, yeah, but it. I think it typically is like a calf length dress. Okay, just below the That's knee. That's why you're here. I think is a typical cocktail. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty calf sure. Calf length or just below below the knee. Yeah. All right. M- midi midi length. So, are you going to wear a cocktail dress to the the wedding? No, I think the dress is very much dependent on what kind of day you're planning. So, I think if uh, if you've got like a city wedding you might wear a cocktail dress or something less kind of flamboyant, a bit more like city chic vibes. If you're doing a city wedding, maybe something a bit less flamboyant, a bit more simple and chic. But if you're doing maybe a, I don't know, a beach wedding, maybe something a bit more beachy and then there's like boho weddings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the main thing about the dress, it's white, right? It is white, yes. It's white. And Should've why is it sooner. white? Well, I actually just Googled this today in anticipation of this podcast. And I think we both thought that it's white because of the symbolic representation that white kind of symbolizes virginity and innocence. And Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> How many virgin? There's, there's still quite a few virgin brides out there. <laughs> There is. It's a thing. <laughs> there are. Not just one. Um, yes. So yes, the, the, the white symbolizes typically the virginity of the bride. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we, up, upon a Google search, realized today that actually it was Queen Victoria in 1840 something that um, actually made the white wedding dress trendy and apparently it just so happened that that white wedding dress then fit into kind of christianity's belief of of wearing white um to a lot of religious ceremonies like baptisms and stuff so i think that's kind of just a bit of a happy coincidence in a way yeah nice nice yeah so you're gonna have a white wedding dress i was thinking pink actually bright fuchsia my suit is pink (laughs) we'll look great no i haven't got a suit guys don't get the suits until much closer to the time yeah i mean typically i think women don't get their dresses until probably about eight 
eight to 12 months, I think. No, now. But I think uh, so the, the trying on of the dress is a thing. Yes. So people will go with their bridesmaids or their maid of honor. Or, yeah, I think um, mum is the most popular. Mother of the bride is the most um, traditional person to take with you on right. an appointment, I think. And those are those are quite special days if you go to a posh yes. place because they give you champagne, like they put you on one of those little stools. Yes. And those... A little like, podium. Podiums, yeah. thank you. And like a 360 mirror. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the mirror is a 360 mirror, but... Oh, I've been on them. <laughs> 360, baby. No, yeah. 180. Maybe. Okay, sure. 180, yes. Yeah. Or a, what? maybe a, you might know, being in interior design, a four-piece mirror. Is that a thing? Yeah. No, you don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's an important part of the storytelling. <laughs> good point. Good point. So you didn't get to do that. No, but I might still do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you went to a warehouse. Yeah, I just randomly picked up a wedding dress at a warehouse. It was very um, spontaneous and underwhelming, but I no, loved, I loved no, it. No, it wasn't underwhelming. You were very happy with it because you tried on, I think you took three to the changing rooms. You were hungover. Yeah. You didn't want to go. You were like, yeah. shall I even bother? Yeah. I said yes. Yeah. You went on your own. Yeah. You don't have your maid of honor in Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't have a maid of honor. Just oh, to, just to clarify. She doesn't have any friends. <laughs> I love all my friends, all my bridesmaids equally. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you went to this warehouse, and I don't know if you guys have seen this Friends episode where Monica goes to a warehouse of wedding dresses, but all of them are wearing whistles and it's a very aggressive scene and they're mm. wrestling for the best dress and the best deal mm-hmm. is that kind of similar to what you had i mean visually highly accurate yes it was a, a warehouse with just racks and racks of dresses and i thought these are all terrible i'm not going to try any of these on and i only got peer pressured to try them on because it was kind of peer a- pressured you didn't have any friends well, by the rest of the people there and the uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the people working there and helping, they were very encouraging. They were like, they "Oh, were. just try this on. This would look great." And so, yes, I picked up. I think I think I picked up five actually. Okay. And I tried. I think I tried four. I don't think I tried the last one on because I had gone off it by the time I was in there. But yes, the second one I tried on, I actually stepped onto the podium in that one. It was the first one I stepped onto the podium. Oh. And the two girls that were stood behind me in the queue both like gasped and said, wow, you should buy this. And I was like, okay, I will. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Mm. And we, we were contemplating the idea of breaking a tradition. Mm. What was that? Potentially going together shopping for a dress together is that what you're referring to i was going to say you were going to share the photo of it with me because the tradition is that the bride doesn't show the dress at all to Mm. the groom until you know the reveal and i do think typically in the uk especially that that is still a thing because um my british friends girlfriends are like oh my gosh where are you going to store this dress like where are you going to put it and i'm like in my wardrobe and they're like, but it's going to be in the same apartment that Charlie's in. And I'm like, is that a problem? Um... <laughs> you, you wake up one night and I'm just staring at it in the closet. But I mean, even if you stare at yeah, it. No, I don't get that at it's all. It's just white fabric hanging yeah. on a 
hanging. I, I occasionally see the little bottom of it when I'm moving the closet doors. Yeah, it's in a um, it's in like a case, a wrapper thing, but it is clear, so you can see. The, and I um, can see that it's white. So you were lying earlier, saying it was pink. <laughs> it is white. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we don't do the reveal like Americans or Australians do, do no, we? No, no, that's not true. I think the reveal thing is now. Um, worldwide oh it's called the first look the first look and the first look is just where you as a couple reveal yourselves to one another how you look on the day before you do the whole walk down the aisle the ceremony bit and i think that's just a modern thing i mean i'm I'm not sure i don't know the original person that invented this thing but yeah i think it's more of a, a modern thing rather than a american thing specifically i could be wrong okay i would guess that it's more american and brits are starting to do it maybe it's yeah. come from america yeah typically i, w- I, I would think guess. we we tend to copy sometimes yeah but these things normally i would think that the groom gets the first look at the bride when she's walking down the aisle because he's waiting at the top mm-hmm. and she walks down the aisle and then he like at the wedding that we saw of our friends mm-hmm. in february that was his first moment and mm-hmm. he nearly cried didn't he he did cry i think he did cry very sweet yeah do you think i'll cry yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've already seen the dress loads i've worn it <laughs> You go to work Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. I'm in it. <laughs> Just sat at home playing PlayStation in my wedding dress. <laughs> Imagine. Oh my God, that is something to think about. I know. Oh. Okay, we've got loads of things here to get through and we're already 30 minutes in. We're faffing. So let's skip a few. I think a weird one for some people would be throwing rice. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about that one. I only heard about that one recently. What did we used to throw? I think rice is the thing we used to throw and now we can and now we throw confetti. Yes. So typically now I think confetti is made from paper. Yeah. Um, But my mum. Biodegradable. Biodegradable. And now, no, no, we do petals. We do flower petals, don't we? No, we're doing flower petals. But I think um, that's just because my mum. Loves flowers. loves, Loves flowers and is growing flowers to dry petals right okay yeah and when do we throw it i think now people just make a moment to throw it but i think it's supposed to be when you're walking back up the aisle i don't know which direction we're you going don't know, here do you <laughs> it's when we've been to a few we've done it ourselves <laughs> it's when they leave the church yes the part of the wedding party but we're not having a church no so... i know <laughs> but traditionally these okay. are called traditions okay traditionally leaving the church uh maybe everyone gathers outside and as the bride and groom leave the church they just throw stuff at them (laughs) (laughs) no eggs (laughs) preferably petals rice or paper yes yeah but the rice thing i think that got stopped because of the pigeons oh interesting because what the pigeons ate the rice and then the oh Mm. poor poor pigeons poor poor pigeons boo boo So that's the throwing of the rice. The wedding cake. Okay. Oh, come on. It's like getting blood out of a stone here. <laughs> I'm only one gin deep. How much? No, you're two now. Oh, yeah. One and a half. The wedding cake. Well, you keep just saying the topic. 
And yes, that's because you're the wedding planner. You're the one. <laughs> you've been dreaming about a wedding for your whole life. No, with I haven't. Me. No, you've, I haven't. You've have waited not. until this moment and that finally you've got it. Entirely inaccurate. No, obviously joking, but I think women know more about weddings than men. Okay, true. What would you like to know about the wedding cake? What does it look like? When do we have it? Why do we have it? Okay, so recently, actually, in Australia, I mean, I know we're talking about Australian traditions, but um, in the UK, we have the wedding cake after the meal, before the first dance. Does it look just like a birthday cake? It's usually tiered. So two to three tiers, I think, is well, three to four tiers, actually, maybe, is the norm. It's quite an elaborate cake. Also can be very expensive. But yes, it's typically a white cake, I think, is is the most traditional colour for this cake. And then really, if we're talking about traditions, the top layer of the cake, you keep it, you freeze it. And I think you consume it on either your first year anniversary or the birth of your first child. Depending on whether you want children. Or if you... Have, oh, oh. have yet to have children, ah, so if which is maybe a tradition in itself. And then the cutting of the cake. Yes, the cutting of the cake in the UK, we do it after the meal, before the first dance. It's highly pretentious in my opinion. Well, I think we're getting to part three right now, skipping okay. a bit, but I think the whole thing is a bit pretentious. What, a wedding in general? Yes. I mean, yeah, but lol. But you did phrase it the other day in a way that I'm a bit more comfortable with. I've forgotten how I phrased it. You said, don't think about it as people are coming to see you. Think of it as a thing that you're trying to make people happy to come to. Did I say that? Well, you said we're we're inviting people from far and wide. Yeah, we are. And we've got to make it a good day for them. True. We're inviting 23, was it 23 or 29 people that have to travel over five to 10,000 miles to come to see us. We've got to put on a good show. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to cut the cake right. <laughs> We're not even going to do the cake, are we? We are. We, we are might. We, we might. We might. To be decided. Yes. There's one tradition that you said that some other country does, either Australia or, or uh, America, where they feed the piece of cake to each other. Yeah, I quite like that. I think it's quite fun. I'd quite like Which to one is smash it? a cake into your face. Lovely. It's America. America. America do the cutting. I think Australia does it as well, actually. But, but in America and Australia, when the bride and groom enters the reception part, so when they enter the room where they're having the wedding breakfast, which is no, not a breakfast, it's a dinner. The Why is it a breakfast? They call it a wedding breakfast because it is the first meal shared as husband and wife. Very good. And therefore you are breaking the fast. I love you. <laughs> Very good. Well done. So yes, that's why it's the wedding breakfast, but it's typically a dinner or a late lunch and Aussies and Americans, I think they enter the room, definitely Australians enter the room and they go straight in and cut the cake, which to me baffles me because, you know, I feel like I need some some savoury, delightful food before I consume cake. But um I mean, for you, it might work. You quite like a bit of sweet before you're savoury. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. Although you're starting to get me addicted to chocolate right after food. I mean, I don't think I did that. I think you did no, it you yourself. No, you did that. You definitely did that. I think you did it yourself. No. So I think Koreans, they don't have much dancing. Interesting. 
they hire a space for about an hour or two. Sorry, guys, if I've got this completely wrong, but one student told me this a long time ago. Feel free to correct him. Yeah. <laughs> and they they have back-to-back weddings in the same venue, no. multiple weddings on that day. Wow. Well, that's actually becoming more common now um, since COVID. There's like with, with venues in the UK, because there's only so many venues and I think very high demand, more people are trying to get married. Venues are having multiple weddings in one day. Wow. Which is quite sad. I think like a day is supposed to be a bit special and I feel like you should have the venue to yourself for the whole day. Mm. Sad when you have to share it. Yeah. It's a lot of money as well. Oh, I love you. You're so beautiful. (laughs) The way you think. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. They've got some other points here, but I think the other things that I want to talk about are better. So the speeches. Oh yeah. My favourite part. Your favourite part. Okay. But let's go through the day. So we go from, well, we should have talked about the hen and stag do. Oh, yeah. That's a fun bit. Go on then. Actually, shall I do it? You do it. I'll do it very quickly. And I'll correct you. Yes. (laughs) The stag do is the... Also known as... The bachelor party. Also known as... The bucks party. Correct. Very good. Well done. 10 out of 10. Bucks is Australian. Bachelor is American. British is stag. The males of the party, traditionally, the traditionally. males, the groom, the the male who is getting married to the bride, mm. his friends take him on a trip, sometimes unknown to him mm-hmm. until getting there. They blindfold him mm-hmm. and they say, pack whatever or don't even take a suitcase, mm-hmm. really bullying him, basically. I think this is current times. Okay. Because okay. I don't know if a trip was, I think only in the last like five to 10 years, it's become a trip. I think originally it was, it was just a singular event. Yeah. One night. Yeah. 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 What I know of when I was younger was hen do's was basically a small group of loud women with plastic bibs that were breasts and a sachet across that. That's a sash, not a sachet. <laughs> What's a sachet? Oh, a sa- Something that ketchup comes in. <laughs> a sash. A sash is the thing that uh, Miss America or Miss... Universe. Universe wears, right? Correct, yes. And that is across their, their plastic chest. Why are they wearing a plastic chest? I don't know. I just remember this as a kid. And these, really? Yeah, loud women were what drinking... What straws? What? What about Willy straws? Willy straws? No, nah, they Drippers. were later. They were a, they were a thing that came in when we were teenagers, and maybe twenties in our twenties. Okay. okay. But yeah, so I just remember Hindus was just loud local party of uh, pretty unsophisticated wow. debauchery. This is a huge stereotype right here. Yeah, but that's what we're doing. We're True. doing we're traditions. Okay. Yeah. And now it's more about. European holidays for three or four nights. You're so current. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving me the ick. That's my last one. Um, And as I was saying, stag do's, they bully the the groom quite a lot. They they? get them really drunk. They make them do all sorts of naughty things. And apparently they don't tell anybody. Oh, okay. I'm not up for that. (laughs) I'm just going to go somewhere delightful in Spain with Harry. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think we, from the stag and the hen front, we're slightly unorthodox maybe in in our wishes and requests for stag do's and hen do's. But yeah, traditionally, I I think only, only in the last few years, actually, it's become less gender specific. I think before it was really like, you know, the men go on the stag do and the, the girls go on the hen do and that's the social norm. Yeah. Whereas I feel like definitely now it's more, yeah, there's there's more of a like gender dynamic. I feel like you would quite like a couple of girls on your stag do, I guess. I don't know if you can even call it a stag do. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do have a couple of girls that are best friends from home. So yes, but also... I don't really want a big group. No, yeah. I mean, we were thinking of doing a little ski trip when we're back in Europe because we like skiing. Yeah. And it's just an excuse for a little holiday. Yeah. I think um, now that way more than ever, things like elopements and micro weddings are becoming a thing, mainly because of COVID and everything that's gone on and, and how hard it is now to planning a wedding. And I think the increasing expense of a wedding. Oh my God. Um, So I actually think that typical hem parties and stag do's are maybe becoming, yeah, a bit, a bit different or at least in our social peer group, I think um, they're becoming a little bit different. And I think we would quite like something potentially a little bit different. We don't really know because we're not planning that far ahead. No, no. So we're stepping into the planning part by what you said there, the budget and like what we've done. So we'll get into that in part two and we're coming to the end of part one now. So just to clarify, we have the stag do and the hen do. Then Mm -hmm. we have the day itself where typically the bride and groom do not sleep in the same bed the night before. I know. I actually wanted to ask you about this. What, you want to do this now? Yeah. Right? What? Would you you like to sleep in the same bed before? Hell no. I want one last night of debauch, you know, one last night of um, starfishing. Single, single sleeping. Oh, yeah. Love of starfish. I was also thinking about this. Um, and because you're such a terrible sleeper and I know you'll be nervous and you'll be up all night, I would be so angry with you if we slept in the same bed oh, yeah. the night before. No, I definitely wedding. don't want to sleep in the same bed yeah, as you. You're going to be tossing and turning and I'm going to be punching you and then we'll wake up bitter at one another that we got a terrible night's sleep. So, yeah. Yeah. Good idea. We've made this decision on air. Yeah, on air. (laughs) You know, this isn't a radio station. (laughs) What, we're not live? (laughs) No. So we don't sleep in the same bed. We wake up and then have a little, well, you put on your face. Mm, Takes a whole seven hours. Oh my God. Some weddings, Mm. the bridal party have to get up at six in the morning to start doing their makeup and hair, which... yeah. upsets me to my core I mean it upsets me too which is the reason why I've decided to do my own makeup which might be a terrible decision in hindsight but I just don't want to wake up at 6am have to start the whole process of one in one out of the hair and makeup chair so Yeah. yeah Yeah. I would prefer to go for a walk do some yoga have a bacon sandwich and then sit down and do my makeup at like 11 Hilarious they've got a bacon sandwich in there. But yeah, I like that. Priorities. I like that a lot. I'd quite like to join you on that. No, you can't. Um, no, we won't. No, we won't do that. But I also feel like a big part of it is getting your hair and makeup done. And then often the bride or the, the bridesmaids look really different mm, to what yeah. they're normally like. Dramatic change. To the point where it's too much. Because mm. yeah, the UK we've, does we've overdo it with makeup. 
we've definitely witnessed a bit too much. And because I am maybe more interested in in wedding stuff and bridal stuff and makeup stuff at the moment, um, I've really noticed, especially on social media, the crazy amount of makeup that people put on their face just for one day. Right. And then whenever you're kissing What do you mean just generally? Or no, the bride, the, the bride, yeah, the bride and the bridal okay. party um, typically have way more makeup on their face than they ever would in a, any other even party or celebration setting. And um, yeah, I think it kind of makes them become a different person. And also I kind of feel like on your wedding day, you're probably going to kiss and hug more people in one day than you ever will in your whole entire life. And having all of that makeup on your face is just going to become a very messy situation. But that's why they do the air thing. What's it called? <laughs> the air spray? The spray I'm on? just going to leave him hanging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the spray on makeup? Definitely not. No? Do you want to go again? <laughs> the first word is air. Air makeup? No. Carry on. <laughs> air what do you use to paint? Foundation. What do you use to paint with? Airbrushed. Nice. Airbrushed. Nailed it. <laughs> we'll just edit that middle <laughs> bit out. Yeah, so airbrushing is like waterproof, isn't it? I don't think people do that now, though. I think it's a bit dated. Oh, it's a bit dated. Yeah, I think that's okay. like 2018 vibes. Okay. Well, we've been going for way too long. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a transcribe. So we're going to end part one there. I'm hungry. <laughs> We've got a good dinner coming up, haven't we? <laughs> got some meatballs. Some pasta. Oh. Some roasted veggies. Yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. But yeah, that's the end of part one. We're going to go on to part two uh, where we discuss our budget for the wedding. Oof. Pain. Or, or you know, maybe not the, no, maybe the specifics. I mean, I'm happy to disclose. Oh, okay. And um, then part three will also be talking about whether we hate each other from this experience or not. Mm. <laughs> um, <Ick>. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for um, joining me on part one, Stace. Why, why are you taking your headphones off? We've got part two. I need the bathroom. And a gin. I need another gin. But say goodbye to the part one listeners because not everyone comes to part two and three. But they should, obviously, shouldn't they? Goodbye, part one listeners. You should really come to part two and part three. It's a great vibe in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right see you guys soon if you're here just for part one uh thank you very much for listening till the end and uh yeah have a good week see you next time on the british english podcast